Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today, I'm talking about Red Sister by Mark Lawrence, so let's fight with it. I really, really enjoyed this book. I thought that Mark Lawrence's writing style was amazing. His ability to these complex scenes, the imagery that they evoked, it was just beautiful. I've read some other books by Mark Lawrence, uh, notably Prince of Fools, and I think this is heads and tails above that. Just so much better, so much more amazing. It's a good story. Parts I found a little bit confusing, but I think that it was intentional that he wants to weave the story and you're in it and you just don't know what's going to happen next or what's really happening until, you know, near the end when you do learn. So again, it was very good. It's a quick read. Well, I mean, it's quick because you want to get through it. I wouldn't say it's a small book, but it's definitely not a behemoth in size. It was published in 2017, so right now it is a little bit, a couple years old, but still just as good. So I think we're going to have to just get into our story and figure things out. So we're going to start. Our story follows Nona, who is a young girl at this time, and we kind of start with her being sentenced to death, and we learn that she attacked and tried to kill somebody where at this place where she was forcibly being trained as like a pit fighter and then she's rescued by a nun of a convent she goes there she starts learning and we learn that the convent is not a normal convent well it is in this kind of world but it's not normal to us where at these convents people learn the art of assassination or poisoning and spycraft and on the other side they also do traditional you know convent worshiping to the ancestor now Nona is very, she's not unreliable per se, as an unreliable narrator. She just doesn't know anything. She lived in a backwater town far, far away. She had no understanding of anything. And so when we see these things from her perspective, we get her assuming things or her not understanding how things really work and thinking she understands. And that was, it was good and it was a little bad because I like to know kind of what is happening so I can get invested. And sometimes not knowing can prevent me, you know, from getting invested if I don't know what's really going on. Now, I think near the middle, you kind of start understanding how things are actually working and what's going on. But near the beginning, I was a little confused, let's say, because of Nona's, you know, ignorance, which I just thought was, again, masterfully woven through that, like, she's not lying to us, the reader. We just are seeing it from her and she doesn't know. So um, let's talk about it again. So she's here. She's learning at the convent. Uh, she makes some friends, which was crazy. I just, Mark, I can't say enough about how good it was, but Mark Lawrence talking and showing through Nona how her friends mean so much to her because she's never had friends. And she doesn't really understand what that word friend means. To her, it's like, I'll do anything for you because you're my friend. Anything. And all the other people around her who have got normal relationships and, you know, have had friendship, friends growing up, they just think of a friend as a person that you're a friend with, like a normal friend. You know, oh, yeah, I'll help you out and I like you, but I'm not going to, you know, risk my life for you. But Nona would. And it's just kind of crazy. So let's uh, continue on just with our quick summary here. She makes some friends. She starts learning about who she is and what's going on. And we learn that 
there are four kind of races in this world. There's there's people, and then there's the four bloods, or like the four ancient races that the blood kind of passes through. And they are... First, we'll have Hanska, which is speed, able to kind of compress time. I kind of thought of it as just like really pumping those adrenaline and you go into that fight or flight instant. You know, time kind of slows down, but it's not really slowing down. You're just moving fast kind of speed. And then Garant, which is strength and size, kind of think just bigger, bulkier, stronger, tougher. Then there's the two that are kind of more magical in nature. You have the Marjol, which is kind of like an element control. And again, as we see all this from Nona's perspective, you know, it's never just laid out, bam, here it is. It's just what we understand. And then Quantal, which is the ability to touch the path. And the path is magic or the threads of reality. And it was cool. I really enjoyed learning about the path, the small parts we do. One of her her friends, Hessa, is actually on the path or is able to walk the path better. And we see a lot of cool examples of what she can do. Uh, she can unlock a lock by tugging the thread of the lock where the thread is either in the locked position or the unlocked. And, you know, if you can manipulate it on the path, you can pull it from locked to unlocked. And you can do that with anything. But the longer you're on the path, the more dangerous it is because when you step off the path, you come away with all this power and you have to do something with it. So if you can step on the path quickly, you know, unlock it and off, that's usually the best. Now, this this world is very expansive. We know that it's very expansive and that we don't know a lot and that it seems quite big. But in reality, it's actually pretty small. We have the people living in the corridor and we learn that there's ice, basically an ice world, if you think about it, except for uh, like a passage or a corridor where everybody lives and it stays warm because of some object, they call it a moon, that's a, like, they kind of reference it in the book a little bit, but you know, from kind of looking at it and extrapolating and thinking about it, you can kind of picture like a big magnifying glass that kind of just like heats up part of the world and keeps it warm enough so that it's not covered in ice. But, you know, as they, so they talk about that, control whoever controls the moon controls the world right and so that's like okay so maybe it's not really a moon but in the beginning you think it is and you kind of just describe magic to everything it does and now at the end you're kind of like oh maybe it's not quite so much magic as it is technology but there is magic so she's learning she thinks you know we kind of are led to believe that she might be the chosen one for this prophecy and you know then that gets yanked out from under us and she's not the chosen one she's just the shield and this girl that she hates that just showed up is the chosen one. And yeah, it was good. And it ends with us, ends with her kind of on a journey for her second year that she ha everybody has to take. They get sent out. They have to survive for so long and make their way back. That's a very common thing I find happening in cases where it's like an institutionalized learning to kill slash survive. Everybody's sent off. Everybody has to make their way back with no help and no support. And if you do, then you graduate to the next class. So I was kind of expecting it, and I was kind of expecting the things to happen that did happen on it. Um, but let's, I think we've talked mostly about kind of that story and the, the general story. So let's talk more about key parts that I thought were great. I thought the characterization of all the nuns, all the sisters, was unique and exciting. We have the poisoner who 
always gets you poisoned and she's trying to teach them you can't trust anything in anyone you need to always be aware and you know nona is prepped for it and like hey she'll get you she gets everybody on the first day but be wary for it and so she survives the first well she survives all of them because the poisoner doesn't actually want to kill them of course she's just just trying to train them and instruct them and so she avoids the first attempt and thinks that she's past it and she's good and she falls prey to the second one and it was funny i laughed it was good good scenes i did like how all the nuns choose a name for themselves a name of an object and it can be something you love something you hate you know whatever you want to be called and whatever you want to put your own meaning behind it and so we have a couple fun ones like sister wheel sister apple sister glass that was funny um i liked nona's name although it kind of surprised me that she picked cage as hers because I didn't really see it fitting her, but it kind of does in like this, hey, I'll never be caged, I am the cage, you know, way. And so I really liked, I liked that, that she did that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the shield test. So as I mentioned earlier, she killed Raymel, or she tried to kill Raymel Taxis, but he was able to be kept alive by magic. And so his father just hates her and wants her dead. You know, that's why she was sentenced to death and the nun was able to save her from it. But the high priest Jacob comes and he's supposed to be, you know, just an independent kind of guy, but he's obviously been swayed by the money of the Taxus family. And so he brings all the archons who are kind of like the overseers of the religion with him. So you got high priest at the top, then the four archons, and then like the nuns and the convent and, you know, other people like that. And the emperor's off to the side in his own political structure, right? So the priest, high priest Jacob's then is like, we're here to arrest Nona. And we're going to take her no matter what you say. And the Archons are like, you brought us here for this? Like, okay, like, let's do it. And then the head of the convent is like, well, Nona is important. And she's not the chosen one, but she is the shield. And you wouldn't take the shield away. And they do this. Oh, it was, it was intense. There's a test of Nona of the nun's conviction where she has to hold her hand over a fire. And if she doesn't pull away before... The guy, she's, you know, the head priest says, you know, he relents, then she wins. And if she pulls away before he relents, then he wins, right? Kind of just a test of will, like how far are you going to go for your conviction? And just the imagery and like just the way he wrote it was amazing. You could feel it. It was powerful. And of course, Nona's there and she's seeing it and she's trying to stop. And then she says, okay, I'll take the shield test and that'll be it. And the shield test was tough. They have to protect, she has to protect one of her friends, Hessa, who can't move. You know, she's kind of crippled a little bit. And so she has to protect her. They throw a throwing star at her really fast. They shoot a bow at her. They throw a spear at her. Like, by people with these abilities, a Garant is doing these things. And so they are hard and fast. And she's able to save her. And I like that. But then the... uh the high priest actually gets removed from his permission because all the archons are like, you brought us here for this? Like, why did you do this? Like, and he kind of gets revealed, oh, hey, you're doing this for the money for the taxes family, right? And they don't like that. So they vote to remove him and he loses his place. And, and that was good. That felt good because I don't remember if it's before this or after this. I'm sorry. It kind of blurs together a little bit. But Hessa, her friend, um, kind of shows her through the path and their little connection, uh, a scene from her past where 
after Nona was dropped off, they go to another place and another child is being dropped off. And this child is a Margil and he kind of has this connection with the donkey and the priest, Jacob, he beats the donkey to death um, because it bit him because of the connection. And that was a powerful scene. You just, you could feel their emotions. You could feel High Priest Jacob's, like, his anger towards the donkey. And you could feel the kid's, you know, love and sadness. And the guy whose donkey it was, like, he's like, no, please, don't don't kill my donkey. Like, I need it. Like, no, you'll we were compensated for it. But you could just feel all of their emotions so strongly. Oh, it was impressive. So impressive that he was able to write that out. That it was just evocative and powerful. So uh, let's talk a little bit about something else now. We have he Mark Lawrence. I did want to say he tricked me like three times with the the side story because he's got the story right now and then the story in the future with Sister Thorn. At first, I thought Nona was Sister Thorn, and I thought that she was the one doing the fighting. And then when they picked their names, I'm like, okay, so it's not Nona. She's Cage. And then we're going on through the book. And then later on, we get to another scene. And Thorne, Sister Thorne says, you know, you don't have to do this. See. And then it cuts off. And I'm like, okay, obviously he's baiting me. Obviously it's not Cage. But could it be Cage? Because her, you know, who Thorne is in the past and Nona, they kind of have a slightly antagonist relationship in the beginning. So you're like, well, maybe. Maybe it is Cage coming to get her. And then, of course, at the very end, it's not Cage. It's another of her friends, Clara. And I actually could see the signs of this a little bit early. I'm proud that I actually picked up on this, that Clara, I knew, would betray Nona for her money, that she was too focused on her money and on bringing, getting her family out of debt. And so I did call Clara betraying, but that was pretty heartbreaking for Nona when she realizes that that's happened. And then, you know, even at the very end, which is set in the future sometimes, she's still willing to offer that forgiveness to Clara, even though Clara's attacking the convent, you know, with tons of mercenaries. So, kind of interesting. There's so much in this book, and we're kind of getting close to the end of the time for this, but I wanted to just mention the Blade Path, which is kind of reminiscent of, like, the actual path where every step is more difficult. And it's kind of a system of counterweights and balances where you take one step and then you have to plan out how that one step's going to affect your next step and your next step. And so I, I liked that, that it was unique. It was exciting. And I knew, I knew that Nona, instead of taking the slow, steady approach, because she is neither slow nor steady in her life, she is passionate. She is wild, a little bit crazy. And so I knew that her path was going to be to fly down it, just to, race as fast as you can and not worry about the consequences just you know right foot here left foot there go keep going until you get to the end and that is how she achieves it she that's how she gets her calm by racing and forcing and you know kind of brute strengthening her way through so that was great and then i think one of the last things i wanted to talk about is that she is at the near the end of the book they are on their trial they've kind of grouped together which is fine and they're trying to make their way back and they know that things have been happening, that Yisht, who came with Zola, has been trying to steal the glyph heart, or the ship heart, which, like, I know we haven't even talked about it yet, but which can enhance your powers if you're in a certain radius from it. And so, 
you know, they're trying to get back to prevent that. And she has taken a negation glyph that kind of just can negate, you know, a magic if used on it. And she, Raymel, who she killed is there, but now he can't die because his father has invested so much money and power that his body is being forcibly kept alive against his own wishes. And they're fighting and Raymel's beating her, you know, because he just shrugs off stab wounds. I mean, yeah, of course he's not going to die easily. But I like that she just happened to have that, and it did not It did not feel like a coincidence that she just happened to have it, right? Maybe it sounds like that, but it was done well that it didn't feel awkward that she have it, have, had this, and it didn't feel wrong. It felt good. And she's able to use that and officially kill him, and kill him good this time. So, you know, that's going to wrap up our discussion of Red Sister by Mark Lawrence. Um, again, it's an amazing book. I wish I had more time to talk about it, but there's just so much I did not. But it was really good. I really recommend everybody read it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, but thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying listening to me talk about some books. And always remember to fight with the magic of books. Mm-hmm.